0: Thank you so much for choosing to listen to the Refuge podcast today. At Refuge, we believe all people matter to God. Now here's an inspiring message from one of our leaders or pastors that will help you grow in your relationship with God. Come on, let's give them some praise tonight. Come on. If you could just keep this nice and loud. Thank you so much. I know I sound like Kermit the Frog. Come on, let's stand to our feet. Let's give them some praise come on who came tonight to say God I'm not gonna let the devil stop me from worshiping I'm not gonna let the devil stop me from praising I'm not gonna let the devil stop me from shouting some of you need to do what my sister's t-shirt says not today devil maybe yesterday maybe I let you stop me yesterday but not today there is a real violence in the kingdom of God and God is raising up warriors to push back the forces of darkness I don't know where. you are tonight, I don't know how you came in, but I'm not going to let a, keep it loud, keep it loud, I'm not going to let a defeated devil try to stop me from praising, try to stop me from worshipping, trying to stop me from my breakthrough, trying to stop me from the fire of God, I'm going to make a decision, I'm going to praise regardless of what I'm going through, I'm going to praise regardless, I don't feel like it, it doesn't matter, didn't feel like it when you were sinning you didn't need a feeling to to sing, to sing for the devil to drink for the devil, to do drugs for the devil and now that you're saved you shouldn't sit around saying oh I'll praise if I feel like it oh I'll worship if I feel like it friend I'm not just going to praise in truth but I'm going to praise in spirit too, I'm going to worship in spirit, take your seat but feel free to stand at any moment if there's ever been a time for us to be passionate about the presence of God to be passionate about the move of God to be passionate about the fire of God it's now now is not the time for you to be a spectator in the kingdom of God now is not the time for you to try to see how close you can get to to the line of sin oh it's drinking it's smoking it's cussing it's sleeping around friend this should even be an argument in the church the question should not be how close can I get to living in sin and still being a Christian? The question should be, how far can I get away from sin and compromise for 19 years? I was broken and lost. Don't come in here and tell me, oh brother, oh, I'm about to get down here. Y'all need to help me tonight. Oh Mr. Preacher Man, you don't know what I'm going through. I'm a college student. You don't know the temptation. Friend, I used to drink every single day. I was a complete alcoholic. I was watching pornography every day. Every other word was the F word. I had the dirtiest mouth out of all my friends. I was sleeping around like nobody's business. But you know what friend, when the Holy Ghost came upon me. When the presence of God. Don't use excuses. Help me if you can. I'll switch to a wired mic if you guys want to do a wired mic. I just need help with this mic. I am not going to make excuses as to why. I'm still dabbling in the same sin. If God could deliver me by the power of the Holy Spirit, then God could deliver you. If God could break me out of my addiction. break—I Y'all act like you haven't been delivered. Break me out of my dysfunction. Break me out of my thoughts of suicide. Break me out of waking up in my own vomit. We are not here tonight to talk about some religious God and religious gospel. We are here tonight because we know that without a shadow of a doubt that the presence of God is in this place to heal you, to deliver you, to set you free from the powers of sin and hell. We're not here because we have nothing better to do. We're here because we have nothing better to do. We look for life in drinking. We look for life in partying. We look for life in drugs. But at the end of the day, only God could fill the void that He put in you. Only God could wash you, could restore you, could renew you, and could change you. Just praying a prayer and coming to church once a week, never casting out devils, never healing the sick never raising the dead never walking in holiness never being excuse my cracky voice never being committed to prayer never being committed to holiness never walking that narrow road you know what the Bible says it says there's only two roads and do you know why for 19 years I lived in darkness do you know why I was addicted and hurting and all this stuff It's because I got told in the American church that there was a carpool lane that there was an extra road and it's a road where you know you don't have have to be that radical. And you don't have to be that passionate. And you don't have to be that committed. You can just pray a prayer and come to church when you feel like it. It's okay to still go to the same frat parties. It's okay to go to the same sorority parties. It's okay to drink and to have sex. It's fine. Just come to church once a week. Come to the altar and just cry a little bit. Just feel better about your compromise. Feel better about your sin. Friend, it was a counterfeit gospel. It was a false gospel. And then there was a day where I heard the real gospel. Do you know what the real gospel says? It says, if any man wants to follow me, he has to lay down everything. He has to give up his life. He has to die to himself. He has to walk. Here's why. If you do religion, you get nothing. Just go back to the world. You know what Jesus said? He goes, I wish you would just stop playing church. He goes, I would rather you just go back to the club. No pastor in this country is ever going to tell you this. I would rather you just go back to having sex. I would rather you just go back to drinking. I would rather have you just go back to the world. Isaiah, I would rather. When I stood at the altar that day, January 12, 2011, and I said, God, I don't effing believe in you. I was working at Starbucks. Do we have any braces in the house? Come on. Somebody help me preach. I've been working there for three years. i had been going to college. And don't sit here and tell me, oh, you just weren't successful. You're just a preacher because you had nothing better to do. Really? I graduated high school at 16 years old. I graduated college at 19 years old. I was the epitome of an overachiever. I was in a successful band that got, was going to get signed and travel all over. And I decided to pursue a degree in law enforcement instead. I was going to get hired as a police officer making $7,000 a month. I had my whole entire life plan. I had an attractive girlfriend for four years that I was going to marry. I had a nice car. I took 19 units a semester and worked at Starbucks for 40 hours a week. I would party and then open the store at 3 a.m and be there till noon, take a couple hours of a nap, and then go to class all day just to do it again. But you know what friend, I came to the altar and I said it doesn't matter if I've achieved, oh it sounds like the Apostle Paul, it doesn't matter if I've achieved success in the world, it doesn't matter if I have an attractive girlfriend, if I'm drinking and throwing big parties in this successful band, because at the end of the night there's still an emptiness on the inside of me, At the come on somebody remember this, at the end of the night there's still a void. And the problem was religion couldn't fill the void the scariest part about religion is it will give you enough of God to not want more one person said it's like a vaccination when they vaccinate you they give you a little bit of the disease so that you never get the real thing is that not what religion is? give you a little bit of Jesus, just to make sure you never actually go hard after God. Why? If you go hard after God, guess what? People are going to make fun of you. If you go hard after God, people aren't going to like you. If you go hard after God, guess what's going to happen? All your Christian friends that you drink with at the parties on Friday and Saturday night, they're going to start saying you're in a cult and you're crazy. Why? Because they're playing religion and you say, I don't want religion. Religion can't raise the dead. Religion can't heal the sick. Religion can't cast out a devil. Religion can't make disciples religion has no life so if you decide you just want some religion guess what don't even waste your time coming to church on Sunday just go go be a, go be a, the best sinner that you could be yeah tweet that Isaiah Saldivar said that be the best sinner that you could ever be you don't know why because God says your lukewarmness makes me so sick I want to vomit he goes, you come here and you're just halfway. It's not that you're cold, you're not apathetic. You don't just sit back with your hands crossed and sit there and ignore the worship. Oh, you worship, oh, you praise, but you're just halfway about it. You're just not all the way going, God, I'm giving you everything. God, I'm not just gonna give you a part of my life. See, some of you are trying to figure out how little you can give to God and still get every blessing He has for you. That's the problem. You don't get anything from God unless you give everything to God. See that God is free but it costs everything there is a price to this gospel there is a price to what God is doing in this church and there is no room for lukewarm people there is no room for apathetic complacent Christians God says if you're halfway just be cold he goes I wish And that word wish in the Greek means something that's unattainable. He goes... I can't even make you choose if I wanted to. I wish you would just choose what you want to be. Because you're so back and forth. Every month you're back in the world. And then you're back in the church. That is what our generation as young people lacks. We lack consistency because we lack the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is what keeps you in the walk, the narrow road. It's the fear. And we have lost that. We are so casual. Some of you came in tonight so casual about God. You didn't come in ready to worship. It was a crime in the Bible to choose. Treat God as casual as we treat Him. The Bible says, therefore, since you used to present yourselves as slaves of uncleanliness and unrighteousness, now, therefore, present your members as slaves of righteousness and holiness. Here's what Paul says in Romans. He says, why did you go so hard at the parties, but you're so apathetic in the church? I told our ministry last week. There's, you know, most most of our leadership team I used to party with back in the world. We were a bunch of college kids that were drinking, partying, and God broke out revival. Do you know my wife came to our revival, which was at my house, because her friend told her, oh, there's a bunch of hot guys that are having parties at this house. And she came thinking it was a party. She got stuck in the corner of our living room with hundreds of people and couldn't get out. That's how she got saved. From those young people coming, I would tell them, oh, come to my house on Monday. They would hit me up and go, oh, where's the party at? Because I was throwing these parties and coordinating these parties. And I was going, oh, just come over on Monday night. And they were driving and they were seeing hundreds of cars yes hundreds go online you want to see pictures hundreds of cars lined up all the way down the road friend I want to tell you the Holy Ghost party it's ten times better than the parties that the world has a Holy Ghost party it's more exciting it's more exhilarating it tastes better it feels better you don't have a hangover after you don't throw up after it gives you peace it gives you passion it gives you life and and big Picture this picture this picture this I'm I'm just going in the spirit tonight driving and you see hundreds of cars all the way down the road all the way to the corner all the way out of five acre orchard uh, field all the way in my backfield cars everywhere breaking every single fire code every single law code every single housing code every single street code we broke every law there was in the book but our people in our ministry were firefighters police officers my mom's a sheriff so we're just like we're just gonna break every rule for the kingdom of God and we were sitting there And they drive up, and my friends would hear music blasting. Oh, brother, it's too loud. Really tell the younger generation that friend our generation has been so gripped by the spirit of this culture so gripped by the spirit of this world and some of you young people you come in and you used to go to the concerts and the rock shows and the hip-hop shows and you would stand right in front of the largest speaker at the venue 13 stack jbl speakers powered 5,000 watts each and your hair was going like this blowing to the side from the base and you were not wearing earplugs and you were not complaining but then you come to church here's the problem we had passion when we're at the parties and then we come to church and we let religion neuter us uh yeah i said neuter in church We let religion tame us down. We let religion remove our ability to reproduce. And God goes, why were you so passionate about the things of this world? But there's no passion in you for the things of God. Nobody had to ask you to stand up when you used to go to the club. Your favorite song came on and you were doing more. Come on, ladies. You were doing a lot more than just standing up. And we're here going, come on, let's get you to stand up. Let's get you to praise. And you're thinking, oh, tell me something better, preacher. Impress me, preacher. We're not here to impress anybody. We are here to get close to the presence of God. Paul said, why is it if you went hard for the world? You don't go hard. You know what the Bible says? The kingdom's like a man that's searching for a pearl of great price. And he goes from place to place looking for this pearl. Friend, how many places have we gone looking for purpose? Looking for life? Looking for this thing worth giving everything for? For and when the man finally finds it, come on help me. When the man finally finds it, he goes and sells everything he has to buy this thing. The reason you aren't willing to sell everything, you haven't found something worth selling everything for. You found religion. You look at religion oh I'm a part of this ministry at the compass and I'm part of this church and I'm not asking you what ministry you're part of I'm not asking you what church you go to I'm not asking you what church ministry you lead or what you work or what you do I'm asking you have you found something so valuable you don't understand why Shall shout oh God's not deaf he's also not lukewarm you sit there and go I don't understand all the shouting friend do you know why I get up here every single time you will not be able to find a video I have thousands on YouTube I've preached over a thousand times in the last seven years and you will not be able to find one where I'm up here completely place into where I'm up here apathetic where I'm up here just timid and calm I'll tell you why because I found something worth shouting about I found something worth praising about I found something worth being excited about I found this treasure and there's so many people man I go to the we went to the Philippines and I told Nina the first time we went I said I don't understand I was in this room with a bunch of children that have lost everything we have 50 children in our foundation some have been raped one was found in a web This young boy fell in a well, and they were giving him food in the well. They completely abandoned him. Another boy we have, he was left on a public bus, and he went from town to town. His parents left him at two years old, and we found him on a public bus and took him in, and we had to name him. We had to go to take him to the dentist to find out how old he was. We have another little girl that was left in the play area at two years old at the mall. These kids have nothing. They don't know who they are. They don't know their name. They don't know their value or identity. They don't have no self-worth. They don't have any possessions. And the first night we were there and we started worshiping, and I watched 50 kids that have nothing to their name and they begin to sing that Jesus culture song Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. And the part came on that says, You are our living hope. And do you know what God said? He said, In America, you sing it, in the Philippines, they mean it. Come here and go, Jesus, you're holy. As you have your hands up where, I don't even want to say where your hands have been in the last week and you're looking at your watch going Jesus you're holy what time is service going to be out and God goes at what point does it not become a karaoke Christian event where we come and sing songs on a board that we don't live put a fire in me that I can't contain can't control God goes okay let me do it and you do it and then you go God I don't want to be crazy I don't want to be radical he goes didn't you just sing a song saying God put a fire in me that I can't contain and I can't control this is what Jeremiah said when he said there's a fire that is shut up in our bones see here's the problem in the church we are saying we're Christians but we're not Christians we are they're saying we're churches but biblically there are many most majority of the churches in America are not I'm listen i'm not here to judge and to condemn i'm here to tell you according to the standard of god not the standard of the not the standard of the world not the standard of charisma magazine not the standard of tbn cbn abc or god tv but the standard of the bible many of our churches are not biblically churches friend we cannot call ourselves a church just because we have a nice name and a cross in front of our building a church is an ecclesia it is a group of people that have been pulled out of darkness that heal the sick that raise the dead that preach the gospel and we have sold ourselves so short in the american church one of the most famous pastors in this country just got a picture posted of him on Internet, and I know people that know people that were with him, but I'm not going to go into detail on his name. Taking shots with a famous celebrity, thinking it's okay now to be a pastor of a mega church, to be the most do you know the five most influential preachers in our entire nation that are young guys that are preaching at all these huge massive arenas and events do you know the top five of every single one of them drink after service every single one of them I'm not talking about hearsay I'm talking about with your own eyes seeing it every one of them get drunk after service they get drunk in the afternoon you want to know why because we are so missing the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit in the house of God that you have to find something else to fill your void people say oh it's okay to drink really the first thing God delivered me from was drinking, why would he deliver me from drinking and then say it's okay for you to do it here's the problem, you have to go get drunk on wine and beer because you're not getting drunk and filled with the Holy Spirit, but when you get the Holy Ghost let me say it one more time because y'all don't act like you know what I'm saying, when you get the Holy Ghost, you don't need the things of this culture, you don't need the things of this world you don't need what the world has why? I'm already satisfied it's okay. Drink. Well, our entire as I'm well, I'm, I'm surprised we're still here because the world was supposed to end this morning. But I but as our entire world crumbles around us, we still come and we want to play church. I want to call I'm Christian. I'm a man of God, woman of God, I'm a believer. And then I go, okay, let's look at the standard. What did Jesus say? He said, be holy because I'm holy. Live like I lived. See, the standard that we compare ourselves, we're not looking at the most lukewarm person we know and comparing ourselves and saying, I'm on fire compared to so-and-so at my campus. I'm on fire compared to so-and-so in my family. When you come to the altar, we're not comparing you saying, oh, if you're a sinner, come to the altar. We're saying, no, measure yourself up to the standard of the Son of God. How does my life measure up to the standard of the Son of God? Here's why. Because when you stand before him on judgment day, he's not going to say, let me see how on fire you were compared to the rest of the people at refuge. Let me see how on fire you are compared to Hillsong Church. Let me see how on fire you are compared to Bethel Redding. Let me see how on fire you are compared to the awakening 209. He is going to get his son and the standard that Jesus set. And he's going to say, what does your life add up? Does it measure up? Well, bro, it's impossible to measure up to Jesus exactly the point that's where the grace of God gives us the power to live to a higher standard to walk in a higher calling and John 5 it says in Jesus he's at this place called Bethesda and here's the crazy part about the place it was supposed to be the place of outpouring it was supposed to be the place of grace the Hebrew and Greek word for it was the place of mercy it was a type of church. And the Bible says in the place that was supposed to be healing, that was supposed to be mercy, that was supposed to be breakthrough, there were three people groups at this place. There were the blind, the lame, and the paralyzed. Is this not a picture of the American church? We are supposed to be a place of miracles, of signs, of wonders, and we're full of a bunch of blind, lame, and paralyzed people how are we calling ourselves church if we're not shining light into darkness if your light is covered up you're not a Christian do you hear what I just said if your light is not shining friend we had a guy a couple weeks ago drive nine hours came to service, it was was 11 o'clock when we ended service and I was tired, I had been at the church since 3 o'clock and at 11 o'clock he comes up to us and goes, hey I drove all the way 9 hours this morning from San Diego, I drove to get deliverance, I saw your Facebook live video, I heard you preaching about casting out devils, he said I can't find any church anywhere in the area in the 9 hours drive where I could go and get a real demon cast out of me and this young man is 22, I think 23 years old, he's a good looking young kid graduated from a prestigious college, had an amazing family and background yet he goes nine hours how sad is it when you live in America in a country where there is churches on every corner but people are saying I can't find a place where I could get healed I can't find a place where I could get delivered I can't find a place oh I'm so glad tonight that I'm going to keep preaching even if you're quiet that I'm in a place where I could get delivered where I could get healed where it could be a refuge it's a place of breakthrough it's a place of deliverance it's a place of outpouring it's a place of mercy it's a place of the presence don't treat this lightly don't sit back calm if you don't feel the presence of God you've got to get saved tonight now if we were in a dead church I wouldn't get on you for praising that way if we were in a church where God doesn't speak I wouldn't care that you're just complacent or you're not excited or you don't come to the altar or you don't worship or you don't lift your hands. But when we come in a place where the worship during worship, I'm sitting there wanting to cry, biting my tongue so nobody sees me cry, and I'm shaking and I'm just, and it's not about feelings. Understand, it is not about feelings. It's not about shaking. It's not even about crying. But there's something in this room, in the spiritual realm, there is an anointing. You know what it is? It's a man named Jesus at the Pool of Bethesda. It's a man named Jesus that says, If you're willing, I'm here to heal you you uh, if you're willing I'm here to deliver you Uh, if you're willing I'm here to give you breakthrough Uh, I'm here to give you life Uh, I'm here to put my spirit uh, on the inside of you Uh, and guess what guess what help me be nice Holy Ghost he doesn't mind stepping over you I read this story and go one guy 38 years sick A place of three types of people first type blind is that not the biggest issue in our church we have become blind to the spiritual realm and the spiritual world and do you know why it's called an iPhone it's called an Android if you have an Android you're gonna get saved tonight but if you have an iPhone like most of the normal Christians here's the deal friend here this is a thing that is making us blind I said God why are we so blind to demons why are we so blind to angels why do people drive nine hours we stayed at the church till 1230 delivering this kid why is it and he drove nine hours the next morning to go back home why it's because social media and the culture has made us self-centered, has made us selfie generation, has made us self-absorbed and we spend the majority of our life staring at a screen and it is making us blind to the fact, guess what, the spiritual realm is up here. Friend, how often do you look up? Hardly never. You know what we are? 80% of the day, including me, I'm not up here preaching, saying, oh, I don't use my phone, I don't go on social media. I'm the biggest accuser, and I'm always, I'm always kidding on people, but you know what? I'm not on Facebook scrolling around looking at stupid stuff. I'm on Facebook replying to messages of people that are hungry for God. I'm not bashing social media. We need to use it. I appreciate that we could use it, but don't use it to, to let the devil possess and oppress your life. Use it to advance the kingdom. I'm not going to live my life with my... Do you know some of you, you don't need a prophetic word, you just need to put your head up. You just need to uh, throughout the day say, oh, you know what, that's why the whole church has neck pain. Preachers come up. I got a word of knowledge from the Lord. Everyone, we have neck pain. The whole church gets up. You want to know why? Because our necks stiff down like this for about eight hours a day. That was not a word of knowledge. That was a word of obvious. Obviously, all of us have back and neck pain because our whole life, and the Bible says that the devil blinds the mind of unbelievers. See, the devil wants you obsessed with the culture. Why? Because if I'm focused on what people are saying about me on Facebook, if I'm focused about who likes my selfies and my usies, if I'm focused on how many followers I have on Snap, on Instagram and Twitter and Tumblr and Myspace come on somebody help me preach they're bringing it back and Facebook if I'm focused on that then guess what I'm not worried about the demons that are beating up my family it's the devil's strategy and you go oh I don't drink and do drugs why would the devil get you hooked on drugs and drinking if he can get you hooked on a TV screen Friend, you don't, do you understand your iPhone could be worse than heroin if it's stealing the call of God from you? That's what we, problem in the church, we go, oh, well, we're not doing drugs, we're not drinking, we're not having sex, we're not partying. Even worse, we're bowing down before electronics uh, and we're letting the culture keep us blind, but tonight I've made a decision uh, that I'm getting my eyes opened up, uh, that I'm going to open up my eyes and say, wait a minute, there is a real spiritual battle uh, for our wrestle is not against flesh and blood. Is anybody tired of being a blind? Is anybody want their eyes to be open in the spirit? I want to see in the spirit. I want to walk in the spirit. I want to see the hurting and the broken. I'm tired of walking around blindfolded. I don't know why I keep falling. Open up your eyes when you walk. We have a friend who had a viral video because his aunt was walking like this in the mall and she fell into a water fountain because she was down looking at her phone. And then she's in the fountain flopping around. It was like millions of views. And she's like, I don't know why I fell in the the water. You want to know why you fell? Because you're not focused on what you should be focused on. You're focusing on your phone. See, a lot of you keep falling because you're walking around with your eyes closed. You're walking around ignorant to the people that are hurting around you. You're walking around. That's why in the book of John, you know what it says? That's why we're so passionate about this orphanage thing because we're not just talking about it. We're actually going out and doing it. That's the biggest problem. Here's what John saw about the church. He said, you know your guys' biggest issue in 1 John? He says that you merely love in word and in tongue but not deed and in action. He says, how could you claim to have the love? I'm paraphrasing. How could you claim to have the love of God, but whenever you see your brother in need, you shut your heart up it's time for the church to stop shutting up it's time to tell the devil to shut up, and I'm not going to shut up, I'm going to tell people about God, I'm not just going to love and tongue, oh I'm a Christian and God goes, prove it second group of people lame people Do you know what lame means? It means to hurt your leg or your foot so that you cannot walk properly is that not the perfect definition that we are not properly walking out the supernatural life listen friend if we are not walking out the supernatural life that God intended for our life then we I'm sorry to say it I said it here we are lame Christians there are so many lame Christians in the American church and God is saying I don't want you to be lame any longer are you tired of being lame aren't you tired of not walking out that God gives in destiny on your life God has a plan for you to walk out miracles, to walk out salvation, to walk out deliverance, to walk out healing, what would happen if it wasn't just the preacher that healed the sick and cast out devils but every person in refuge got their, got their eyes open and said I'm done being lame, I'm going to walk out the gospel, I don't just want to talk about it, I want to walk it out, I don't want to be like john says and be a liar because i just love in word love the lost really why don't you preach to them then love doing the will of god really then why aren't you doing the will of god Love being a Christian, really? Then why don't you prove to people? You know what the old brother ain't about works. We were talking about last night. No, I'm not going back into that. But you know the Bible says to prove you're among those God has called and chosen. Do you know the Bible says to work hard to 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 get through the narrow gate? Do you know the Bible says to test yourselves to see if Christ is really among you? This is not a gospel for the lame uh, and the lame and the faint of heart. This is a gospel for those that say, "I want to get saved for real. I want to get delivered from real. I'm tired of just going through the bondages." There was that second type. That I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to take a long time. The third type were the people that were paralyzed. To be paralyzed. Now I'm going to go quick on this one. It's very obvious. It means to be in the same place for an extended amount of time. Somebody help me preach. There are so many of us for years. We never grow in prayer. We never grow in our worship. We never grow in deliverance. We never grow in miracles. Some of you I've been seeing for five years. And you're in the same place place I'm going why are you still there paralyzed the church has become paralyzed why by the culture by the media by demonic spirits by the things of this world, the devil does not want you to know that you have the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus, that is living on the inside of you. Devil, I'm not staying in the same place. I'm going from glory to glory to glory. I'm going to another dimension. I'm going places with God. Is anybody tired of being paralyzed? Is anybody tired of sitting? I don't know about you, but I don't want to be in the same place I was yesterday we have people in our ministry. 20 years same demon how much how much longer are you gonna allow depression to paralyze you how much longer are you gonna allow drinking to paralyze you how much longer are you going to allow your porn addiction? Yes, I said it. pornography addiction. They say 90 plus percent of men in the church. I don't know the true statistic. I know it's a lot of men and it's a lot of women. How much longer are you going to let that paralyze you? At what point is there going to be something, oh, I feel the like Holy Ghost tonight. I feel like punching the devil right in his nose. At what point are you going to get so frustrated with being in the same place and say, devil, I'm done sitting around, it's time to get hungry, it's time to get Get desperate. It's time to seek God. Why? Because God could see on the outside if you're desperate on the inside. One man. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. 820. I'm almost done. 38 years. You thought you had issues. Did I say 38 years? He's been every single day in the same routine. I look at people. They go, Isaiah, they come to me crying. They come to Nino. They come to all of us when we travel. I've been 20 years. They tell us this. In the same church sitting in the same chair has the gene, my the brand of gene I wear there's an imprint because I sit in the same chair every week I'm in the same parking spot I've been doing the same thing for 20 plus years friend this guy for 38 years every day had somebody carrying him to this pool called Bethesda and the Bible says he was waiting around for an angel to show up and to stir the pool here's the problem they have taken this out of the newer translations because they found out that this was not biblical it was mythology it was never really an angel showing up. It was a myth that they believed. It was really an undercurrent, I'm not going to go into detail, that was stirring the pool. And that is the problem why you say, Isaiah, how do I stop being blind? How do I stop being paralyzed? How do I stop being lame? I'll tell you how. Stop waiting around for someone to come stir your pool and say, you know what, I don't need no one to stir me. I'm going to stir myself. I'm not going to wait around for some preacher, prophet, man of God. I'm going to get my own prayer I'm gonna come to the altar myself. I'm not gonna wait around for my neighbor to go, for my cousin to go, for my boyfriend to go, for my girlfriend to go. Stop waiting. (laughs) One day, pixie dust is gonna cover my body and then I'll be able to do what God called me to do. Wrong. One day you're gonna get off your lazy tail and start working for God and God's gonna start using you. Friend, we are if I don't fall over I'm not full of the Holy Ghost wrong. If you don't if you're not changed you're not full of the Holy Ghost. See, we have taken all these clichés in the church and we wait around for the next I'm so help me preach and be nice. I'm not saying names. I'm not mentioning names. I promise. I'm not mentioning anyone else's name. But I am tired of us idolizing all these new and upcoming preachers. All these new and upcoming singers. If I could preach in a cardboard box, I would so that nobody would see me. But friend, understand we have to stop waiting for the next move of God. Guess what? Jesus came and he never left. The Holy Spirit has been here since the book of Acts and it hasn't left the earth. Revive Revival isn't coming revival is here God is just looking for somebody to respond to the move of God 38 years the same routine the Bible says Jesus knew he'd been in that state for 38 years you think God doesn't know what you're going through tonight you think God's afraid of what you've done and who you've done it with and what you've done it with? You think God's afraid of your addictions? You think God's afraid of your temptations? You think God's afraid of your? I have people come say, "Man, I've had desires for guys." I've had guys tell me this. In fact, the guy we just did deliverance on had a spirit of homosexuality. He never acted on it. Never told anybody. But there was stuff in his life that he was battling. I looked him in the eye and said, "God knows what you're fighting." And guess what? He's here to conquer every devil of hell. He's here to fight. Guess what? He's not afraid of your sin. No no one in his room has gone too far from the grace and the mercy. Oh, I thought you were me. No, I'm biblical. Nobody is too far from the grace and the mercy and the love of God. It doesn't matter how many years. What matters is how do you respond? Jesus walks over every person, comes to this one man, and asks him this, in my mind, stupid question. He says this. Sounds stupid at first. Do you want to be made well? Why would Jesus, how stupid is that? 38 years, I'm lame, I can't get to the pool, I'm waiting for someone to come stir it. Nobody, and Jesus comes up and goes, hey, by the way, do you want to get healed? Why did Jesus ask him that? Because he didn't act like he wanted to get healed. See, I look at some of you and go, I don't really believe you want to get delivered tonight. I don't really believe you want to get healed tonight I don't really believe you're that tired of your vomit yet, you're that tired of being depressed you're that tired of the drugs you're that tired of the prescription why? because a desperate person doesn't act the way you act, a desperate person doesn't sit there waiting around for someone to come stir them see Jesus asked him the question because the man didn't act desperate and the man's response had nothing to do with the question, this is how we always respond to God Jesus said do you want to be healed that is a question he's asking us tonight and the man's response is response is I can't Jesus didn't ask him can you get healed do you know how to be made well do you know how to get delivered God knows that you can't do what he's asking you to do oh are you hearing me in the Holy Ghost God came to me in January 2011, I said, God, I drink every day. I cuss every word is the F word. I'm an atheist. I don't believe in you. The moment he came to me, he said, Isaiah, you're going to travel all over the nation. You're going to preach. You're going to be on stages. You're going to do all this stuff. And my response was, I can't. The problem was, God didn't ask me if I can. He knew that I couldn't do it. He asked me, did I want to do it? See, we can't do what God wants us to do. That's proof it's what God wants us to do. Because it's not by my strength. It's not by my might. It's by the Spirit, says the Lord. Stop saying I can't. With man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. And you might be the next in line for a miracle tonight. What if you're the next in line and you didn't even know it? Well, preacher boy, how are you going to tell a room full of, I don't know, 150, 200 people? I don't know how many people are here. How are you going to tell every person that they're the next in line? I'll show you. I need 10 people to run up here. 10 young people, 10 young people. Come up here. Hurry, hurry. Hurry Hurry as fast as you could. One minute. Okay. Line up looking that way. Line up looking at that sign. There you go. Okay. This would be a traditional line. If you go to Walmart, if you go to the DMV, doesn't matter where you go, this is a line, okay? This is how we think God is, right? When I say, okay, I'm waiting for a miracle, I think that God has to do it to this person and then this. I'm in the back of the line and I've been waiting five years for my breakthrough don't get mad this guy's been waiting 38 years he's been waiting what he's been waiting in a line what does the Bible say he waited for someone to bring him when the water got stirred that means this there was other people in front of him there was other people waiting for a miracle here's how the line works when we're in the when we're in the world right this brother gets a miracle then we think this brother gets a miracle and this brother gets a miracle I would be Jesus everybody's looking at me everybody's waiting in line this is how we think of the kingdom of God here's what Jesus was trying to show the man here's how Jesus was trying to change the man's perception when you're in the kingdom of God God's line it doesn't work this way it works this way everybody look at me this is the way that God's line works he says I want to heal you then I want to heal you and I want to heal you and I want to heal you You take your seat take your seat you are the next in line tonight does anybody believe in this place that tonight is the night that I've been waiting for years for this breakthrough but tonight tonight worship team get on stage tonight is the night that God wants to raise me up that God wants to give me a breakthrough that God wants to give me a miracle next in line next in line looks at the man, watch this, watch this he goes, I got lots more but I'm going to close right here he goes I got no one to carry me isn't it funny how we're always blaming other people for our dysfunction I got nobody to help me Pastor doesn't want to help me. Pastor Deb doesn't have time to meet with me. Pastor Matt's not letting me preach. Pastor so and sos not letting me on the worship team. Pastor so and sos not letting me on the tech team. Pastor so and so. And God looks at me and goes, how long are you going to blame other people for your dysfunction? How long are you going to blame other people for your condition? I am not blaming anybody for what I am going through tonight. Did somebody else hurt me? Maybe. Did somebody else make me sick? Maybe. But blaming other people will never be the key to get a breakthrough. You know what the key is? To look up to God and say, God I don't know how to do it. Or I don't know what to do but I am here at the altar and I'm ready for you to touch me I'm ready for you to heal me I refuse for God to step over me God will step over you if you're not desperate you can sit in church your entire life and never have an encounter with God and you know what's so scary people hate this when the prostitute comes in through the back door and you've been in church for 30 years and you've yet to have an encounter with God she's at the altar, weeping, crying, speaking in tongues full of the Holy Ghost, her first time in church. Why? Because God stepped over you for 30 years. She came in desperate, you came in prideful. And you know what the Bible says? And all the Pharisees gathered around and said, you must not be God for letting this unclean woman touch you. And Jesus says, you know what your problem is? You forgot how much I forgave you of. He said, because those that are forgiven of much, love much. Jesus looked at the man. The man was looking for a helper to carry him into the pool. Jesus said this, I'm not a helper, I'm a healer. I didn't come to do it your way, I came to do it my way. The man came, watch this now, the man came to the place of Bethesda looking for an angel and found the Son of Almighty God. You might have came tonight for a reason. My friend at college invited me. My friend that I work with invited me. My friend from church invited me. And you came with a preconceived notion of what you wanted. But here's the crazy part about God. The Bible says that He does exceedingly, abundantly above all we could ask or think. So God gets your prayer and goes, let me times it by a thousand, blow your mind, go beyond what you could imagine. How do I know this? Because December 31st, 2010, I was playing in a beer pong tournament. Did you hear what i just said i was i know it's popular out here i was playing in a beer pong tournament december 31st 2010 and if you were to walk into that party and sit down with me and get a piece of paper and say okay isaiah what would your wildest imagination think about what god could do in your life i wouldn't even be able to imagine and you were to write down and go okay isaiah you're playing the beer pong tournament you're an atheist in one year writing this down A random guy comes in the party. In one year, there will be 500 people every week showing up to your house. In one year, there will be hundreds and thousands saved. In three years, you'll be traveling all over the country, speaking with the, 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 the most influential men of God that have ever walked this earth, men like Reinhard Bonnke. In three years, you're going to see thousands of miracles. In five years, you guys are going to get handed over a $2.5 million orphanage. They're just going to literally, by the grace of God, by the word of God, they're going to hand you the facility. By six years, you're going to be married. You're going to have two kids. You're going to have a beautiful wife, a ministry, a church. You're going to be doing traveling, all this stuff. Your family is going to be saved all this stuff I would have looked at you and said you have lost your effing mind that's what I would have said to December but here's the thing about God He goes I go above what you came for I go above what you can imagine January 15th I'm casting demons out of people. And guess what? From that day forward, you look at me and I want want to be a prophetic picture. I'm 26 years old. And if there's anything I could be, I'm the man that was at the pool for 19 years. And guess what, friend? God came to me and said, Isaiah, it's time to rise up. It's time to pick up your mat. And it's time to walk this thing out. And I'm not here to brag, but the Holy Spirit is telling me to share this right now. Because some of you young people, you don't think you could live holy. You don't think you can sustain from sex. You don't think that you can sustain till marriage. You don't think that you can stop drinking. You don't think that you can stop drugs. Friend, did I did I tell you my testimony? Every day drinking, having sex, every other words an F-word. I'm standing here not to brag, but the Holy Spirit, I never do this. Just told me to say this. Seven years in January, I have never once gone back to drinking. Don't clap, don't clap, just listen, just listen, don't clap. Don't clap, real quick. I've never once cussed, not even slipped, not even thought about, not even accidentally when I stubbed my toe on a chair. I have not cussed once. I'm not trying to say I'm self-righteous. I'm trying to show you what God could do in a young person's life when they 100% and do And I was worse than all of you. So don't sit here and say, well, you aren't as bad as me. You don't know what I've been through. I went through it. I've been and I've done all the stuff. I have never cussed. I've never ever gone back to pornography. I've never gone back. Every day I was watching pornography addicted since I was 12 years old. I have never gone back to pornography. I have never gone back to looking at images on the internet I shouldn't look at. I have never done anything with a girl outside of marriage. I was, I got. I broke up with my girl that I was with for four years. Remember this? And my wife, a year and a half after getting saved, I got, I proposed to my wife. We never dated. I proposed to my wife. Three months later we were married. Last week we celebrated five years of marriage. I was never with another girl. I never test drove anybody. I never went from girl to girl. I'm telling you if God could do it, why are you saying all this stuff preacher? Because God is trying to tell you that if he could do it in my life, then he could do it in your life. Thank you so much for listening to The Refuge Podcast. To find out more information about who we are and to listen to more inspirational messages, you can visit us online at wearefuge.net.